0: What's going on guys, it is Michael Hunter of ACCBasketballReport.com This is episode number 61 of ACC Basketball Report I got a good show for you guys today, I had a really good time recording the show Which is funny because I have a splitting fucking headache today uh, You know we talk about, uh, I, I, well first of all I brought uh, my guys, Kenshin and Charlie back uh, They are contributors for me at ACCBasketballReport.com, do a great job and brought him back, and we just talked about first weekend, we talked about what we think is going to happen this coming weekend, we talked about who impressed us, who uh, disappointed us, we talked about a little bit about Danny Manning and, and Jim Christian, our thoughts there, as well as the possibility of an All-ACC Final Four Um <clears throat> I think uh, what was the most enjoyable part of this was I think uh, Charlie and, and Kinchin are both starting to get a little bit more comfortable with, with being on the podcast, and it really shows. And the more we we interact with each other, the more comfortable we're becoming, and I think it, it really shows in this particular episode. Uh, we had a really good time doing it, I thought. So uh, let's see, what else? I, I guess my own personal thoughts on uh, the first weekend was it was pretty bland, not a whole lot of drama. We talked about it a little bit on the beginning of the podcast. I think, you know, Oregon is basically, you know, the last remaining unexpected, I guess, even though with the matchups and with the bracket they were in, it wasn't completely unexpected. You know, UC Irvine, probably the biggest upset in the tournament so far, seating wise And at the same time, it wasn't, uh, uh, you know, an upset that a lot of people didn't pick. That was a very popular upset. Murray State was a very popular upset. Um, you know, other than that, you know, Northeastern underperformed, New, uh, New Mexico State underperformed, um, Old Dominion, one that I was really high on and maybe wrongfully, well, obviously wrongfully, uh, underperformed. I think Iowa State has been maybe the biggest disappointment of the tournament thus far. I had them possibly going to the the Sweet 16 or the Elite 8. So, you know, other than that, not a whole lot. I mean, you can't be disappointed at a team like Syracuse. You know what I mean? that they, they they're terrible. Mississippi State, they're not very good, you know what I mean? That was their team that lives and dies by the three Nick Weatherspoon was out of the game. So anyways, we talked about all this stuff uh, pretty well at length. We ran a little bit long, but uh, when it comes to the tournament and the last few shows of the season before we take a little break, I thought it was fine. I thought the guys did a great job. Please uh, don't forget, like, rate, review, share, retweet the podcast, subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, leave us a written review, tell us what you like, tell us what you don't like, tell us how we can improve the show. I am an embracer of constructive criticism, as long as you ain't a prick. All that said, go look at uh, our stuff on ECCBasketballReport.com, which we've been saving most of the content for the show, which is something that I encourage because I don't need the guys You know, writing when they should be watching. You know, I mean, sometimes you find yourself writing, you're not able to watch, and that impacts your opinion and ways that you break down games. That's why I don't write a whole lot for the site anymore. But that said, um, you know, I still write a little bit. You know, still fun sometimes. Anyways, uh, getting off track here again. Uh, I hope you guys enjoy the show. I hope you guys enjoy the games that are coming up. I think that the matchups are incredible for this coming weekend. And despite the lack of drama in the first weekend I think we couldn't really ask for a better 16 teams To be left standing There's certainly good things to come I am Michael Hunter This is the ACC Basketball Report
1: Jack inbounds goes to Lewis Here's Jack out front Jack
2: on the line Yes! Roy oh! Williams went to
1: steal. And Tyron
0: all right, so I'm here for episode number 61 of the ACC Basketball Report. i got Kinchin Taylor and Charlie Monolakis. How are you guys doing today? How's it going,
1: doing? big guy? Doing well.
0: Thanks for having us back. Kinchin, is NC State still playing? I haven't been paying attention.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Don't even play that, man. Didn't you see that big game last night? it be Harvard.
0: Oh, Harvard. <laughs> I didn't know they were in the tournament.
1: Went down through the wire, man.
0: You guys in the CBI? Got Lipscomb
1: coming up Wednesday.
0: (laughs) All right, all right. I hear you. So today, you know, I just you know wanted to review kind of the first weekend. I'm sure you guys have some thoughts as to uh, the first couple rounds of the tournament. I guess overall, Charlie, what's, uh, what's your impression of this year's tournament?
2: Whole lot of shock. Yeah? I don't know. I don't know if anybody saw it coming, but I feel like but the more I think of that, the more I, I think we really should have. Yeah. I feel like we spent I feel like we spent the last two months complaining about, all due respect, Kinchin, how soft the bubble was on top of how good the top 10, 12, 15 teams have kind of been all year. No one, There hasn't been a lot of in and out out of that group in the rankings. Mm-hmm. Even as teams have gone up and down through that. And I think, I think what we've seen playing out this first weekend is exactly that the cream cream rose right to the top and everybody's pretty much where we expect them to be a few months ago.
0: Okay. What do you think, man?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much like looking at, you know, the sweet 16, like everybody except Oregon, pretty much. You kind of knew they were going to be in the sweet 16. Yeah. They had a shot. For sure. through the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very chalky tournament, but you know, I kind of like that. I, I mean, I like the upsets. You know, I like the 12 over the 5, the, the 14s over the 3s. But if you get, you know, the best of the best playing at the end of the season like this, I mean, there's nothing better than that, honestly.
0: Yeah. No, I can't wait for these last two weeks. Yeah, I mean, the, the matchups going forward, I think, are are kind of what we may have expected and kind of, Um, what we wanted. You know what I mean? Duke-Virginia Tech is a game we probably wanted. Um, Virginia and Tennessee can still happen. That's a game we wanted. Um, You know, North Carolina-Kentucky rematch is definitely a game we wanted to see. Uh, Gonzaga-Florida State from last year is a rematch that we want to see. Um, I think the most shocking things was we didn't get that game. You know what I mean? That there. I, I think I saw a stat last night. The average margin of victory in the first two rounds of the terms like 14 points. It was very little drama. You know, Northeastern got their doors blown off, which I think surprised a lot of people. Um, it, it,
1: it set me. It set me. I, I wanted it to happen so
0: bad. <laughs> that one hurt. That one hurt. You know, I, I had Old Dominion, and Purdue has looked like world beaters. Um Belmont put up a good fight, but crumbled at the end. I thought I just, it you had,
1: gonna say. That's going to say yeah. he almost pulled off against Auburn. Yeah, I was about the closest one, I think.
0: Yep, yep, I agree. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I think I guess the, the biggest upset from the first round would be what Liberty, I guess L- Liberty over Mississippi State. Is that is that the biggest thing that happened? Yeah, you had I you see Irvine? Yeah, I mean, everybody had Irvine, state. you know. Once, once Dean Wade was announced that he was out and, um, you know, Diara was out, it just – I don't think Irvine was a big shocker. But um, talking to you guys earlier, so far early on in this tournament, who who has surprised you the most as far as the team? Kay, I'll let you go first.
1: Uh, you know, it's really not that surprising, but it's more surprising to me because I never really watched him play this much this year. But Cassius Winston. Yeah, uh, for Michigan State, like he's really balling out. Like he's so far in the two games, he's got like nineteen and a half points per game, about six and a half assists, and he's shooting forty six percent from the field. Like that guy just takes over the game for Michigan State, and I think it's going to help them a whole lot moving forward if he continues to keep playing like that. So, but it's probably not a surprise to to Michigan State fans, but it's a surprise to me. Sure. Somebody on the outside looking
0: in. Can Michigan State win the whole thing, you think?
1: Who I don't know. The way Duke looked yesterday though, it, it, it's starting to look like Sparty might uh might get that Elite Eight win and move to the final four.
0: Yeah, we're gonna talk about that in just a second, too. Um Charlie, what do you think? What's your biggest uh your biggest surprise in a good way? Big surprise in a good way. This is <clears throat> I
2: don't know, this might be oh, good surprise in a good way. I think it's gotta be Carson
0: Edwards.
2: <laughs> the show he put <laughs> yeah. on against Villanova. Oh my God.
0: Yep. It was he looked like a, a video game in, in that game. And Villanova, I mean, there was a there was a play, I think, early in the second half, maybe six, seven minutes in, where they just let him roam free down the right-hand sideline wide open, and nobody was on his side of the basket line. And he caught it about four or five feet behind the arc, and you knew it was money before he even pulled up. He was, that's some of the most on fire I've ever seen, I mean, outside of NBA Jam in the late 90s. <laughs> I mean, that, that was absolutely incredible, that performance that Purdue put on. I, I look back and I see that I had Old Dominion beating them in the first round is the most embarrassing pick that I made at, uh, of this whole tournament. I, I can't believe that I was so sold that Old Dominion was going to win that game. Um, Not as
1: bad as having Villanova in the
0: Elite Eight and <laughs> seeing that happen. So, so, <laughs> have it could be worse, completely buddy. Completely dismantled. Hey, Buffalo, and I feel your pain. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, shout out to that. I, I thought he was crazy last week, and then I listened to the D-gens after we recorded this podcast. And Vegas Mike had Buffalo in the Final Four, too. I didn't realize, you know, a lot of my my uh, skepticism with that pick was I didn't know that they were one of the top five rebounding teams in the country. That really shocked me after I, I heard that during the tournament. Um, obviously, no, they were a really great. complete team. Yeah, Graves was a great player, uh, Massenberg, certainly a great player. Um, but they, they, uh, they got run over by a heater the other night. Uh, that was, yeah, that you, was, <laughs> you yeah.
2: know, who else fits that description is Texas tech. Yeah. And they looked every part of it, especially one that, yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, I, I was n- nervous about them, especially the way they started against Northern Kentucky and the way they got knocked out of the big 12 tournament. Um, they looked dreadful. Couldn't make layups. Couldn't do anything against West Virginia in the big 12 tournament. And then the first, I don't know, 10 minutes, maybe even the first half against Northern Kentucky, they they look like a team that, I, I have them in the Final Four in one of my brackets, and they were starting to make me a little bit nervous, but then they completely dominated Buffalo afterwards. Um, I think for my biggest surprise, and I don't think it's a surprise to any of the three of us because we had him on... I believe all of our teams at the end of the season, <clears throat> but he did not make a team for the official voting for the ACC. Is Fiondu Cabangeli has been mm-hmm. yep. amazing in in his first two games against Vermont and their domination of Murray State. He's blocking shots. He's getting rebounds. He's averaging 21 and a half points per game, shooting a high percentage. Terrence Mann is also playing well. I thought that their success would rely heavily on. Um, The shooting of MJ Walker But Despite not getting really much of him Terrence Mann and Kevin Gelly have become a great one-two punch And Devin Vassell Is is playing more consistently And then against Murray State Even P.J. Savoy is out there Hitting triples who hadn't played more than Nine minutes a game for five weeks Where do you guys Where do you guys see this uh, Florida State-Gonzaga showdown going? That might be one of
2: the most most fun matchups of the, of the sweet 16 that's coming up with that, mm-hmm. that Florida state front court, you were just talking about going up against Hachimura, Brandon Clark mm-hmm. and That is. I mean, that's just going to be a battle and there's some big, big guys, talented guys. And you've got more guard talent and you can, you can believe on either side of the ball. So I, I might be, I'm going to say I'm more excited for that than I am for Carolina Auburn. I'm mm-hmm. a more scared for Carolina Auburn, but that—that's definitely number two on the list.
0: Does yeah, I kind
1: of like how the uh, it, it's just it's kind of an old school kind of feel to the game because it's
0: mm-hmm. it's just
1: big men versus big men. So Michael mm-hmm. appreciated it. You know, it's just not it's not a hard <laughs> play like like us millennials enjoy to watch. That's
0: right. So speaking of big men, can Kamaji play in this game? Mm. Yeah. Because I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if he can guard anybody. Who's gonna guard? He can't guard Brandon Clark.
1: Killy's, Killy's gonna drag him out. And yeah. that's gonna expose that inside.
0: See, in, in some of the earlier games in, in the recent weeks where they've been playing these stretchy fives, you know, um, in the Carolina game, for instance, when they had to play Luke May, um, he didn't play a whole lot. Now, with Gonzaga's front line, Clark, Machimura, Tilly, and Kamaji isn't going to be able to guard any of those three. Cabin Gelly comes off the bench for a reason. That reason is he gets in foul trouble when he plays too many minutes. Is this going to be the, the downfall of the Seminoles, do you think, Charlie?
2: Man, that's a really good question. I hadn't even thought about, thought about him matching up with, with any of those Gonzaga bigs. But that, that, is a, that has got to be a scary mismatch if you're Leonard Hamilton. I mean, especially, I, especially when you consider the fact you you can't hide him in a in a taco fall like zone with all the shooters Gonzaga has on the
0: perimeter. Right. You just, I mean, can you just take your chances with Brandon Clark shooting mid range jumpers? And I mean, you kind of sag off I mean, him a little so, bit. At I some, mean, point gotta, some point,
2: you got to. At some point, you got to pick your poison. Right. I agree. 100%. but, but yeah, if yeah, if Kevin Gailey gets in some really foul trouble, that could that could spell trouble. All
0: right, let's make uh, let's make our way back to the east. I'm going a little out of order. I know you guys are going to talk about uh, some of the other stuff that I talked about earlier in just a minute. But I want to get to these matchups. Duke and Virginia Tech. um, Virginia Tech beat them in the most recent matchup. Tech didn't have Justin Robinson. Duke didn't have Zion. Both were out for that game. Duke just barely squeaks by UCF. Um, Virginia Tech was a little bit shaky with Liberty. How do you guys uh, see this playing out? Kinshin, I'll go to you first, buddy.
1: So, like you said, uh, no Zion for the first matchup between Virginia Tech and Duke. Uh, It's going to be a little bit like when Duke played Carolina. Zion, I think, is just going to take over and uh, completely change the whole game plan. Um, Probably, I mean, Justin Robinson's playing too, so Mm -hmm. that could also change Duke's game plan. Trey Jones is going to have a hard time trying to stay in front of him, even though he's you know, really good, skilled defender.
2: He looked really
0: good. But, uh, I thought he I looked really Duke... good this in his two games back so far.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, most definitely, most definitely. But but uh, I think Duke's going to squeeze this one out. I, I like. I, I don't. I still don't see anybody who can guard Zion off, off of Virginia Tech. Mm-hmm. And uh, so so yeah, we'll go with that.
0: I uh... I'll stick
1: with it. I'm sticking with the bracket at least. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: according to Ken Palm, Duke is favored by five seventy-five to seventy. Uh, Charlie, any thoughts on that matchup? I think I do think five
2: sounds about right. Mm-hmm. It's going to be. I do think the impact of Robinson against Virginia Tech is underappreciated when people look back at the at the first matchup, and mm-hmm. say there was no Zion. And we also know how important he is to what Duke does too. So it's it's going to be a completely different game, on both fronts. And I, I think Virginia Tech is 100 percent capable of hanging with Duke, playing with Duke. They're going to have to do a you have to take a completely different approach. Game plan for Zion. I think Buzz Williams will have him ready. I don't. I can't shake the feeling that Duke's going to be just fine. It's kind of where I'm at. Yeah. The
1: the oh one, yeah, not to mention too that this game is going to be played in DC, so I feel like it's going to be a very heavy uh, DPI crowd.
0: I, I sure. agree. Yeah. Oh yeah. But Duke Duke does travel well. I mean the the ACC tournament was in DC. You know, was it last year? The year before, and that was a. That was a heavy Duke crowd, if I remember correctly. I think what, what it comes down to here is what it has come down to all year, and that is three-point shooting. Um, I expect Virginia Tech to shoot a little bit better. They are, I think, 11 for 26 in their two games since Robinson came back in the tournament. You know, I don't really expect um, Duke to shoot 10 of 25 like they did against UCF. And in the game before that, they shot 8 and 19. So they're starting, it looks like they're starting to come around a little bit. But I still, I don't see it. Cam Reddish takes bad shots. He got, he just, he's not the player I expected him to be. If Duke doesn't make threes and Virginia Tech can get out there and make 10, 11 threes, this game is going to be, this could be an overtime game. This could be one of the best games of the tournament, in my opinion. Um, oh, yeah. I, but. Zion is the ultimate X factor. I mean, he. What, I think what's most interesting right now, though, is he had, what, 32, 34 against UCF, and they only won by one. Um, yeah. It's it's an interesting situation, I think, for sure. I have Duke winning this game. I have Duke uh, meeting Virginia in the national final, as those who are involved in our bracket challenge know. So I'm going to stick with Duke, and I think, Charlie, did you pick Duke as well? I did, yeah. Yeah. So 3 uh, 0 here, which obviously means take Virginia Tech money line all day long. Um, Lock <clears throat> it down. Uh, Virginia against uh, the Lotus lowest seed left, number 12 in Oregon. Yeah, by far. Um, mm-hmm. One thing, I'll, I'll say it before I give you guys the opportunity to say it Virginia's look like shit in this tournament to me. Um, a lot of turnovers in the first game. Couldn't really put away Oklahoma for a while I know they were up 10 at the half But I never felt real comfortable in that game, I guess I, I'm i not real nervous about Oregon Because I think they've had a pretty easy road As far as what how they match up with teams with Wisconsin I think a lot of people had Wisconsin I know I did And then getting Irvine in the second round A team that's not very high powered I, I think Virginia should roll in this in this game Charlie, what do you think?
2: Yeah, what's interesting about Oregon is the fact that they were a – were they number 15 or something in the preseason poll? So this, is, this is a team that was supposed to be talented, supposed to be up yeah, at the top. Until they lost bowl, They bowl. obviously yeah. up and down. They lost pole bowl, bowl was huge. And I think – didn't follow them much, but I think they had a few other guys in and out too, but there,
0: Yeah, Lewis King was out for a while with an injury as well.
2: <clears> yeah, but they're – they're obviously playing as well as they have all season. Their defense has really stepped it up a notch their last 10 or so games. This this run they've put together.
0: Kenny Wooten's a pogo stick, one of the best defenders in the country. He was a guy that I didn't watch much oh, in the season. He's, he's playing
2: out of his mind on the defensive end. Yeah. Um, Blocking shots, grabbing every rebound. I think they're young. If, if Virginia's not making shots, this yeah. could, it could be a dangerous game, is where I'm at.
0: I mean, I saw DeAndre Hunter air ball three last night. Or the night before, whatever it was. And I don't think I've seen that ever. It just, they just don't look as crisp as they do, as they did last year during the season, or even this year during the season. And it makes me really cautious. I mean, I know they're winning games, but they, you know, Gardner, Webb, and Oklahoma, you know, now you're getting into Oregon, Purdue, or Tennessee. You know, it, it's starting to get, it's getting real, real fast. Kinchin, what's your take on this, man?
1: You know, I agree with what you said about Virginia just kind of – you could say they're reverting back to their old ways. Like that kind of offense that doesn't really stand out on paper. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when you put the stats to it, it's like, oh, okay, well, this is the reason why. <clears throat> they're just not going to be a flashy scoring. And you know what? What's going to happen is a lot of people are going to bash them because they've taken – "Quote unquote the easy road because they played the 16 seed, the nine seed, now the 12 seed, mm-hmm. and yeah, I, I just feel like there's a lot of people are going to be trashing Virginia, going to say that they're just they're, they're taking easy road to the, the championship, to the Elite Eight, maybe the Final Four. So, I, but I another thing with Oregon." Uh, I'm going to have to have Charlie back me up on this. But what is up with the uh, the momentum? Like, they have the number one momentum. Was it Haslam that put it up? In yeah. yeah. I, I, I yeah, did what,
2: see that today, is, yeah.
1: Explain that to basically me, because I don't understand what that means. Yeah,
2: to, to my understanding, what he does, he basically looks at your last, like, maybe six or ten games and kind of compares that to how you've played all season. And Oregon has just been off the charts after after an up and down year. So that's that's really what that's getting at. I think I think I was actually looking at that page, that Oregon's page on his site earlier too. Where it said they've climbed from number seventy five or so is what they dipped down to about a month and a half ago in the country and his power ratings. And I think they're they're well up into the top 40, 50 now. Wow. And is yeah and <laughs> the line is just a straight climb. I'm looking at the peak. He charts it out by day, so it's kind of, kind of wild clicking around the page. But, but yeah, they're they're playing as well as anybody right now. On the flip side, I think this week off is perfectly timed for Virginia.
0: Mhm.
2: I think they obviously had a <laughs>
0: they
2: looked about as bad in that first half against Gardner Webb as they did against UMBC a year ago.
0: It was a flashback, wasn't but it? Was it it's
2: going to happen again. Yeah. I just felt it coming. Oh, I know. It's, well, especially once it got all the way to halftime. But, but it, I mean, as ugly as it was, they, they, they were able to get the monkey off their back, shake the demons out, whatever you want to call it. They got it done, got it done against Oklahoma, if it wasn't pretty. And this is a great chance now that they're past that hurdle, kind of collect themselves, have a week of practice, get ready. And I I fully expect to see them in Minneapolis another week from
0: now. So you think they're gonna? You think they get past either Tennessee or Purdue as well?
2: I think they get it back on track. I know I picked Tennessee, and that's that's going to be a fun game between them and Purdue too. Not to jump ahead, but mm-hmm. I I I expect Virginia to get it together, get the job done.
0: Yeah, I think,
1: that's
2: I think a they'll have they trouble overlooked.
1: with Tennessee. I think they'll have trouble with Tennessee if they get past Oregon, and Tennessee gets past Purdue. I think they could probably mm-hmm. handle Purdue pretty well. You know, just basically just. Throw a cow guy and Tazzeru uh, or
0: Kihei Clark on uh, Carson Edwards. Oh no, I'd put, well, I'd put Hunter I'd say, on him all day long. Oh, you put Hunter? Uh, absolutely. I, don't know, I put that. I'd put that big motherfucker on him, 6'7", with like a fourteen foot wingspan on him. Yeah. <laughs> best of luck to you, son. No, absolutely. And he, I mean, he's one of the best on the ball defenders in the country. I mean, for me, that's a no brainer. Yeah. But but then you, know, but you he, can't put him on Eastern or
1: Who's going to
0: guard Admiral Schofield and Grant Williams?
2: Yeah, for Virginia, right? Yeah, those two are a problem.
0: Yep. I mean, yeah. you watch Schofield just be a man out there in in the last few minutes against the Iowa Hawkeyes. As you know, once it looked like they could lose, you know, he's just taking balls away from people. It, it was pretty incredible. <clears throat> um, so we'll get to uh, Charlie's nearest and dearest here, Carolina. <laughs> Um yeah, yeah. Uh, you know Easy now. Washington I didn't expect Washington actually I didn't expect Washington to beat Utah state but um Washington hung around a little bit better than I guess I anticipated Auburn has been lights out so far uh from deep Carolina I thought Kobe White played well Luke made racking up double doubles Charlie how nervous are you for this game
2: Man, Auburn, I realized after we talked a week ago, Auburn was one of the other teams in this region I meant to call out because they might be the most, they might be the scariest matchup for Carolina of anybody in this bracket. Mm -hmm. And it's not to say they're the best team, but with what they do, they they play just as fast as Carolina, which generally we, generally Carolina welcomes as a positive, welcomes a challenge. Williams loves to run people and so. Somebody broke down the numbers on this. In games where you get possessions up in the high 70s, 80s, his win percentage is, I don't think it's a total influence by Tony Bennett, but his win percentage is a good 5%, 10% higher. Mm-hmm. And, and ACC, play, it's kind of crazy. And so, so usually when you're running with Carolina, it's it's at your peril. Yep. But but they, they get out in transition, and they just run right to those spots on the wing and bombing from three. And as hard as Carolina crashes the glass, that's a dangerous combination. It, they crash the glass and they're covered to the rim, and mm-hmm. you're going to have some open guys there on the wings to transition if you're not, if you're not looking out. I have an opinion on this, so it should be. What's um, that? Go I,
0: ahead. I just said I, I have an opinion on this. I, was, I thought you was done, but no, carry on, keep going. You're good.
2: Okay. Yeah. But so this is this is one. I think it's going to be a from a neutral perspective. This should be. One of the most fun games of the tournament. I think this is this could easily be a first team to 100 situation.
0: I, I yes, that, that if was, not two, yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I agree, 100. Uh, percent I, I think right now, looking at this real quick, Ken Palm has Carolina's a four point favor, 82 to 78. I think there are way more points scored in this game than that. Um, if the over or if the if the line is anywhere near that, I'm going over all day. I have an opinion on where I think this game is going, but Kinchin, as a Dirty Wolfpack fan whose team is currently playing in the CBI or some lesser tournament, what... Uh,
1: it's the NIT. It's I, the NIT. Just say it. Just say
0: it. Never heard of her. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what uh, What do you see with North Carolina and Auburn?
1: Oh, man. Other than the fact that it's going to be the greatest television and Chuck and Kenny are going to be going at each other pretty much the whole time. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be pretty good to I,
0: I hadn't thought of that. You're uh, absolutely right. <laughs>
1: oh, oh, it's going to be amazing. I, I wish they would do the play-by-play. Don't mm-hmm. right? even have them in the studio. Just fly them into uh, Kansas City and let them call the game.
2: But um, 100%. No, yes.
1: Uh, one thing that impressed me yesterday... Was how Nas little is the zone buster? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think Auburn will run zone, just kind of just based on what they've done all year. But it, it, that kind of stood out with with me. Just in case if somebody if they come across another matchup against the zone, how just Nas just destroyed. And the, he especially being is his name Mike Hopkins, the coach for Washington, being a Bayheim, uh disciple. Mm-hmm. Just yep. it, it it was awesome seeing that happen. But, uh, no, I, I, I kind of agree with Charlie. It's going to be the first one to 100 to win. But, listen, Auburn has now hit 12 plus threes in seven straight games.
0: Oh, you feel I cold I think that's one games. reason
1: why – yeah, I think it's one reason why a lot of people kind of have it low scoring because it's kind of due time that Auburn is going to eventually just run out of gas from yep. the three-point land. And it, it could happen against Carolina just – by the pace that Carolina's going to play, because as soon as Auburn makes a basket, it's going to be you're Dang. either going to give up a wide open transition three, or you're going to give up a wide open transition layup slash dunk.
0: I think the matchup that well the the one on one matchup that I is one of the best we've seen all season in, in Jared Harper and and Kobe White is that's incredible. That's you can't hope for more at this point in the tournament. I think the I, I think where this game is going to be decided is one Austin Wiley and, and what they get out of him in this game he's he's going to have to be a factor in this game because otherwise you're looking at as they've started their last few games Chumo Kiki is 6'8 230 he's been you know kind of playing their center for them and Anthony McLemore has been their other big guy who's he's 6'7", 220 twenty who is coming off a leg injury that's he's not quite the same as he used to be. when when you're facing off against Garrison Brooks, who's not real tall, but he's burly, Luke May, who's a rebounding machine, um nasir little, who is about the same size as Zukiki, but he you know he might be a little bit uh, a little bit shorter maybe by an inch or two, but he's got some weight on him probably, and certainly uh, some weight on McLemore. I don't know how Auburn's front court rebounds with North Carolina. And if you get beat by Carolina by 15, 17 rebounds, they're going to kill you on that secondary break. And Kobe White is just the guard to do it. He's going to run it right down their throat. I agree that it's the first one to 100, but I think the first one to 100 is going to be Carolina, and they're going to win by 15. And I, and I don't think it's going to be close.
2: Yeah, I hope you're right. Hmm. <laughs> Yeah, you the <laughs> yeah. over.
0: And I, and you I know you bring th- up I know you hope I'm right. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, you brought up the two guys I do wanna I do wanna hit on real quick before we move on. Sure. And that's that's A Nasir Little, who as has been well documented this week, is really emerging as as the the quality of player we've we've expected and been hoping and waiting to see all year long. <laughs> He's He's put up, I think, nineteen and twenty in mm-hmm. his two games. He's he's all over the glass. Just about dunked on. God, I can't remember who it was from Washington. He almost dunked on the entire state of Washington. I think on it was. That I think it was no <laughs> Came over <laughs> yeah. the top and got fouled. Yeah, but but he is he is quickly emerging. If he can if he can maintain this level of play through the next two weeks, he that is absolutely the kind of performance they could put to put the heels over the top in this one
0: agreed 100 and
2: it's it's probably what we're going to need from them yeah the other guy i want to call out and i think i think to your point michael kind of the end of the, the end of that first half when washington was hanging around hanging around after after brooks got that injury got got popped in the mouth lost a tooth and a half <laughs> yeah. and was able to come back to the second half is pretty remarkable in its own right but I think what you saw there is what a lot of Carolina fans are still still just coming to realize, and that's how valuable Garrison Brooks really is to this team.
0: Mm-hmm. Makes winning plays.
2: Yeah, he's 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 not going to give you 20 points a night, and with, with all the rebounds Luke made everybody else is grabbing, he's probably not going to give you 15 rebounds most, most nights.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: It's not going to show up in the stat sheet, but he's, he's always where he needs to be on defense. He's solid against whatever big guy the other team's going to throw at you whether he's given an inch or five he's, he's going to be doing everything he can and he
0: I think his defense is underrated he as well. he helps facilitate
2: the offense too.
0: Yeah, yep. I I th- where I first noticed Brooks early in the season and I was uh coming into the year um I liked actually coming into last year I thought Huffman was going to be the guy of this trio of this manly hmm. um Brooks and Huffman because he's such a Physically imposing dude. I mean he just you know, he looks he looks yeah, like he could, huge, you know He could bench press oh, yeah. a Cadillac, you yeah. know what I mean?
2: <laughs> That's funny though I thought it was gonna be manly
0: <laughs> and he looked and he looked like that last year um, yeah, he showed flashes of it last year for sure and I, I Think this year where I first noticed Brooks was the way he defended pick and rolls He defended them almost like a pro, you know You you jump out and you push the guy away from the hoop You let your your other guy recover and then you drop mm-hmm. back and but you, you see him on the offensive glass, or you see him on the defensive glass, or you see him get a big block, and he's not going to record three blocks a game, but he might get one with under four minutes to go in the second half. Um, Or he's going to get nine boards, but, you know, Luke May is going to do all the scoring because he shoots it whenever he touches it. But, uh, you know, I, I, I think that Brooks has been really underrated by a lot of people all season. I think people are starting to notice him a lot more, but... Uh, Without him, he's an, an integral part of of Carolina, and he's going to play a, a massive role in them getting past Auburn and ultimately their next opponent, which could be Kentucky or Houston. We've hit all the ACC games at this point. Let's roll through these other ones real quick. I've got Kentucky beating Houston. I am pissed at John Calipari because he said that the PJ Washington injury was precautionary, and now he's in a hard cast. But I got to stick with Kentucky. What do you guys think about Kentucky Houston? I'll let Kinchin go first.
1: Yeah, yeah. That PJ Washington injury is kind of it, it, it's a downer because uh, a lot of people that pick Kentucky probably kind of regretting it now. Yep. But I think they get past Houston. Uh, I, I'm not really sold on Houston. Uh, you know, they they look pretty good in their two games, but I don't think they get past Kentucky. Kentucky's playing pretty good basketball here late in March, even without PJ Washington. And uh, to hold Fletcher McGee to 0 12 shooting from three, even though it might be a little bit, just McGee just kind of shrunk in that game. But but I I, I like Kentucky.
0: Troy,
2: I do too. The one thing the one thing Houston's got going for it is they they're one of the teams I've pegged. I've always I've always in my mind I I kind of pick out the teams that to really have that extra edge or kind of something to prove coming back to the tournament, usually mm-hmm. the year before. So kind of for the same reason I loved Virginia, loved Tennessee coming to the tournament after disappointing early exits last year. Houston was a seven, six seed last year, mm-hmm. but they were, they were a, a heartbreaking finish away from beating Michigan, hopping into the sweet 16. And at that point they're playing Texas A&M and who knows?
0: It yeah, was that a Rob Grage miss jumper, something like that. I think yeah i mean he carried him forever throw. it was a free throw that's right okay
2: yep yeah up to missed the free throw and jordan pool legs flying every which way 30 feet out
0: ah uh, yes okay the yeah. buzzer. i had forgotten about that jordan pool just, just the just the rip your heart out ending of
2: the, of the tournament last year <laughs> <And> so <laughs> i so i i i knew they were locked for the sweet 16 and i i wouldn't be surprised to see that carry him they lost what two games all year? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. This whole group came back with something to prove, so they're definitely not going to shy away from Kentucky. Mm-hmm. And missing PJ Washington definitely hurts. He's been, he's been unbelievable this year, so it it should be an interesting game. I I still like Kentucky, but I'm I'm excited for this one.
0: Yeah, I, and for the record, I think that Washington's supposed to be reevaluated. Uh <clears throat> either tomorrow or Wednesday But you don't put a hard cast on something That you think is going to be a quick fix in my opinion So no. uh, I don't expect him To play but you never know what could happen Stranger things have happened they were talking about it On the show the other or on the tv the other day <clears throat> And uh They said that he felt something pop In the bottom of his foot that's never good in my opinion yeah, but, uh, yeah. Not a not a medical
1: profession But that does
0: not sound good <laughs> You know what I mean you don't, you don't put an air cast on it And then say You know let's put a hard cast on it Because it's getting better So um, <laughs> uh, Moving on to Texas Tech, Michigan Two of the best defensive teams In the entire field I In the ACCBR BR bracket I have Michigan in the Final Four In the bracket challenge That I actually have a chance at winning I have Texas Tech in the Final Four I, I, Texas Tech looked really, really good against Buffalo. Um, Michigan, you know, kind of plugging along. I don't really expect them to blow anybody out. I, I'm, I'm gonna take Michigan because Jesus, I don't know. Actually, shit, I'm, I'm gonna take Michigan. I, I picked them to begin with on the first bracket I filled out. There was a reason for that. I'm gonna stick with them. B-line's a great coach, but this is, I think this might be. Other than Gonzaga and Florida State, actually, you know what? Shit, there's a lot of good games in the Sweet 16 this year. There are but, a lot of good games. You know, this This is going to be a great <laughs> yeah, game. Yeah, I'm going to say that about all of them. Yeah, um, I'm going to take Michigan. <laughs> I've had to stop myself just about every one of these. Yeah, exactly. I, I'm going to go Michigan. I like Brizdikas. I like Beeline. I like that senior leadership. Uh, Charlie, who you got? I, I like Michigan, too. And for me, it comes down to, I
2: think – I think Texas Tech might have the best player in Culver. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously, two of the – I'd put these two in Virginia, I think, if I was going to pick your your three best defensive teams in the country. I don't necessarily think it's close. Mm. Yeah. But I, I think these are probably the two best at really locking down on specifically what's going to stop you and your system. And to me, I think Michigan just has more ways they can beat you offensively. And if if Michigan's able to lock in on Culver, and I think they're going to be able to. I don't know if Texas Tech's gonna be able to score enough to to keep up in this one.
0: Yep. Uh, the one thing I would, will be, it, say it's is going to be it's
2: this is the opposite of your your Carolina Auburn game, but right. This um, might be a first to sixty, but <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: but it, it should be just as fun.
0: So the one thing I will say, and I'm checking it right now, is one, two, three, four, five. Yeah the the five Texas Tech starters against Buffalo all scored double figures. If that happens in this game, Texas Tech is going to kick their ass, I think. Um, Absolutely. And Buffalo's defensive efficiency, uh, 31st in the country. So Buffalo's no slouch. Um, And, you know, Texas Tech still went out there and whooped them and scored almost 80. Kinchin, what are you thinking on this game, man? Yeah, so I picked Michigan,
1: too. But y'all are kinda making me wanna be contrarian
0: and go <laughs> against
1: my bracket and pick Texas tech. Uh but I think I'm gonna stick it out. I like Michigan too much. I like Xavier Simpson. He's a really good point guard. I think he just controls the floor just as well as any other guy in the country does. So I'll take I'll take Michigan in the points.
0: This is really boring guys, we're all agreeing. So <laughs>
1: I know, I know. <laughs> I, like I said, I'm I to be contrarian, but I, I, I can't do it. Even though I have no chance of winning the bracket pool. Yeah, like, me
0: neither. No chance <laughs> at all. So we're going to uh, head back to the East. I think we might differ on this. I'll go last. Kinson you can go first. LSU, Michigan State, what are you thinking?
1: So I've been all on LSU the entire tournament. I picked Yale to upset them, so... I gotta stick with LSU uh, winning. Uh, I think that they're, they're playing really well. Wait a, minute, wait a minute! Wait a minute!
0: Wait a minute! You are you you've been on yeah, uh, LSU the entire time, but you picked wait, Yale. What did, to, I, what did I say? You said you Uh-oh. picked Uh-oh. Yale yeah, to upset yeah. them.
1: <laughs> yeah, I picked Yale. Yeah, okay, hold on. Let me rephrase
0: this.
1: <laughs> I picked Yale to beat LSU. Yep. I have been completely wrong the whole tournament about LSU. Okay. I have Michigan State winning this game. I'm going to change that and put LSU winning this game.
0: So now they're gonna <laughs> It's
1: been a long day. So My you're trying
0: you're trying to jinx LSU. Is this what you're trying to do here? The money's on Michigan State so now you're picking you're picking LSU? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at, least, at least you're honest.
2: Charlie, what do you got, man? <laughs> Kenshin, I'm gonna I'm gonna see your flip to LSU and raise you a flip back to Michigan State. I've I've got LSU on my bracket. I I didn't trust Michigan State coming in. I'm still not sure I do. But on some level, you've got you've got one team with a Hall of Fame head coach and one team with a really really good point guard. <laughs> and it's <laughs> and <laughs> <as> unbelievable <laughs> as Tremont Waters is, <laughs> Cassius Winston has been has looked every bit as good. And I think this is a fun game, but I think Michigan State moves on.
0: I'm going to say something right now, and he's not my biggest disappointments, which we're going to get to right after we pick these next couple games. Nas Reed is not very good, in my opinion. Yeah, he's garbage. Five-star, big, burly, stud, athletic, sure. When he catches the ball, I'm not scared. Um, You know, he's going to make a play. He's going to block some shots. I think he had three rebounds up until the last couple minutes. Of that Maryland game I mean I know Fernando is one of the best rebounders in the country But Jesus Christ you're a five star guy You're supposed to be known as a big time Power forward type player And unless he's two feet From the basket throwing it down somebody's Throat he just doesn't Impress me he had a nice spin move the other day But I don't even know if they scored um, I Michigan State getting healthy I mean Nick Ward's back on the floor Cool Cassius Winston You know is is who he is they're getting contributions from Xavier Tillman. They're getting contributions from Matt McQuaid. I, I am not a huge Michigan State fan, but I think LSU is playing way over their head. I thought they got very lucky in that Maryland game. I always root against Michigan State, but I'm I'm gonna go with Sparty here. I think I, I think this game this game might not be close. Um but then again, Michigan State might have to try to grind it out because LSU can score in the backcourt. I, I like Michigan State to move on here. I'm trying to get Ken Palm up right now. And, yeah, Michigan State's favored by 8, 80-72 to, to win this game. And I think that sounds just about dead on where I think that game will end up. Um, Moving along. What, we got one more left? Yeah. Uh, Purdue, Tennessee, we kind of already... I already talked about this game a little bit. I would like to see Purdue continue because I think that Virginia would have an easier time with them, but I think Admiral Schofield's going to D-up Carson Edwards. I think Tennessee's going to move on. Charlie, who you got?
2: Yeah, I got to take the Vols, too. If if Carson Edwards is going to drop 42 a night, nobody's beating Purdue the rest of the year, and it's not going to be close, but – (laughs) there's a reason nobody's averaging 42 a game this year. (laughs) That's right. And and Tennessee has been a good ball club. They survived the scare. I still don't know what in the world happened in that second half against Iowa. I don't think they do either.
0: Has there been anything come out as to why Schofield didn't play the last four minutes or overtime? What Barnes said is
2: that Schofield told him to leave. I forget the guy's name. Schofield told him to leave the guy in.
0: Lamonte Turner? Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. He's, he said he said we need him on the floor to win. There you go. And I don't I don't quite understand why there's been no more explanation given than that. Other than Barnes saying, Hey, if I listen to my guys
0: Yeah, it sounds like he's dinged up to me, but anyway. Yeah. Go ahead. Carry on.
2: Yeah. Weird situation regardless, but so yeah. If that is the case, I do hope he's alright because mm-hmm. he is he's one of the best dudes in this tournament. I think he... If I'm he <laughs> gave me five seconds on the clock and asked me to pick one guy to hit a clutch three pointer, I think he's done that more consistently this year than anybody in the country.
0: Oh, that's a haughty take so there. there. There you go. Wait, yeah, hey, well, so after watching been, Edwards the other day. He's been hey, I'm huge going when
2: Tennessee's needed him the most, which is why I was surprised to see him see him on the bench down the stretch there. But I I like the balls. Kenshin, who you got, man?
1: Yeah, I think it was sticking with the balls, too, uh, like we said before. I think I kind of touched on it earlier. Mm-hmm. I just don't see anybody that could stop Admiral Schofield and Grant Williams that's on Purdue. I think that uh, Harms kid probably might make a little chaos there. And of course, Carson Edwards is going to be do Carson Edwards things. <laughs> but I think Tennessee edges it out, even though uh, Rick Barnes' team always scares me whenever he's coaching in late into March. They, what, they're going to say. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, I feel like something bad's going to happen. <laughs> but, but I think Tennessee's going to squeak it out.
0: Yeah, I think Grant Williams could probably score 17 in this game with Matt Harms draped over his right shoulder. But, uh, yeah, I, I, Harms is – he's an interesting dude. He's a, a toothpick that's full of emotion, and he's always playing with his hair. But uh, – yeah, I think Purdue's. Uh, I think Purdue runs. You know, kind of runs out of gas here. Carson Edwards is obviously phenomenal, but uh, I think Tennessee moves on. All right, I'm going to get back on the script. I deviated a little bit, but you guys seemed well prepared, so we just kept on going with it. Biggest disappointment of the tournament. We are starting to run a little bit long, so I'll ask you guys to keep your answers to kind of a minimum. Who's been the biggest disappointment in this tournament for you, Kinchin, I'll let you go first, man.
1: I was very disappointed in how Northeastern failed to show up <laughs> against Kansas. I said so many nice things about you, Vasa Fushiko. So many nice things about you and your team. And you decided to just not even show up against Kansas. And Kansas looked absolutely terrible against Auburn. I feel like if y'all decided to actually make some shots against Kansas, you probably would have gave Auburn. Better game than Kansas did, at least in the first half. Mm-hmm. The second half, Kansas looked a little bit better against Auburn, but but yeah, my biggest disappointment so far, other than my bracket, just being just completely terrible and picking Maryland and Villanova. Like, I did the same. Thing. I don't know what I was
0: thinking with Maryland, man. i
1: God, yes, Maryland and DC just made me all excited. Yeah, just, that's the only reason. But. Uh, Northeastern, you're you're very disappointed, and I hope you you're an embarrassment to the Colonial Athletic Association.
0: <laughs> Charlie, Charlie, who's your disappointment?
2: <laughs> My, I, mine didn't hit quite as personally, but I was, <laughs> I, I was, I, I was, I was, I was really excited to see see Nevada kind of come together. They were so unbelievably talented this year. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, if all the. All those fifth-year seniors coming back, they were a couple bounces against Loyola Chicago away for making that Final Four run themselves <coughs> out of nowhere after squeaking by Texas. And they they didn't come back to split the Mountain West title. They didn't come back to lose in the quarterfinals of that tournament. They they came back to make a Final Four, and to see them fizzle out against Florida was, was definitely a surprise to me.
0: Yeah, I, I think that I picked that, but I am not... sure I have my bracket in front of me So it shouldn't be very difficult to figure out So I did, in fact, pick that game correctly That is me I'm going to claim victories whenever I can take them Because I am wrong way too much this year (laughs) Um, For me, biggest disappointment You know, for a long time this year I thought it was an ACC thing Um, And then, now that I'm watching crews From all over the country officiate these games it's not an ACC thing these no, are worldwide these officials are fucking horrendous um, I, I, I don't understand any you know clock issues where we're putting a second or two back on the clock when there's five minutes left and you completely kill the flow of the game or even when you do review and you still get it wrong or when Zion clears out a defender then gets into fall, and fall fouls out of the game, then there's a hook and hold that they don't call, which is the NCAA's point of emphasis, and they don't call it. B.J. Taylor gets fouled twice going to the hole. They don't call either one. UCF loses. I mean, that's just one instance. What was what was the Iowa game? The Iowa-Tennessee game was one of the worst calls I've ever seen, I think. Um, oh, God, the, the three. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, and that's just that's two or three examples. I just I thought it was an ACC thing, and it, it's an official thing. This the the official reviews in the last couple minutes of the game is killing the ends of these games. It's killing They're the flow themselves. of the games. Yes. painful, and it's uh, you're killing the momentum that teams are building as they go to close out games, and. I can't help but think that it's a contributing factor to how chalky this tournament has been when you can't let a team get hot, you know what I mean? I don't know how many stoppages there was in the, in the Kentucky-Wofford game, even though I watched it, but they seem to interrupt the flow of the game an awful lot, and for me, the the biggest disappointment is the NCAA's inability to um, you know, keep its officiating, at least consistent. Um I think players who impressed, me, who impressed us the most, we've already talked about a little bit. Carson Edwards is, is pretty well up there, along with Schofield and some others. So we don't really need to touch on that specifically. One thing I did want to get to. I'll talk about
1: one, though. All right, go ahead. One we didn't talk about yep. was uh, Brandon Clark for Gonzaga. He looked awesome against Baylor. Were oh, you sleeping for the, the first 10 moment. minutes of
0: the show? We talked about that already. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, go ahead. Brandon Clark? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, okay. My bad. <laughs> no, I'm just fucking with you, man. <laughs> Dude, don't fuck with me like that. <laughs> no, you're right. Go. He had what, 32 in the last game, something like that. <clears throat> no, 36.
1: He yeah. broke uh, Adam Morris's uh, school record for most points in NCAA tournament
0: game. He is maybe the best player in the country. That's not going to be on an All American team. I mean, he should be that mini- and a lottery pick, pretty much. Oh, he's a lottery pick for sure. Yeah, um, but I guess the question you get is, he—he's deserving of a first-team All-American, but I mean, he—he he deserves it more than Rui, right? Well, I mean, if we're going to talk about it, we might as well talk about it. I—I I think he's been better than Hachimura on consistency. Charlie, what do you think? You watched Gonzaga very much this year?
2: Uh, <clears throat> at times mm-hmm. both are. <clears throat> so I can't. I can't speak to who's been more consistent. Both are both are tremendous guys. So mm-hmm. it's certainly if you're if you're giving all the accolades to Rui Clark's Clark's got to be on that list too. To me, it seems. Yeah, yeah.
0: I it, they're I'm an old man. They're on way too late for me. There's no way that I'm watching most of their games. Now, <laughs> I mean, if they're playing Duke or North Carolina, I'm gonna stay up and watch it. But if I'm not gonna stay up till midnight watching them play fucking BYU or San Diego, there's no way. Um, <laughs> but. Uh, One thing I did want to talk to you guys or get your opinion on. Two coaches in the ACC have been retained who were rightfully on the hot seat. Wake Forest is going to keep Danny Manning, which has Wake Forest fans freaking the fuck out, which, hey, absolutely. And Jim Christian for Boston College have both been retained. Obviously, the money is the biggest deal with um, the, the Manning retaining. What, uh, you know, you guys have an opinion one way or the other on this. I guess we'll go Jim Christian first, Charlie, what are you thinking about Christian coming back to Chestnut Hill?
2: I'm not as familiar with Christian's situation
0: mm-hmm.
2: as with Manning's, but, um, I man, it, it, it seems to me it keeps coming back to them. Just not being able to get back over the hump to where they were with Skinner mm-hmm. when, when good wasn't enough and on some level it's it's hard to fault it fault a team for that you you feel like you're kind of right there and right there and right there and just not quite getting over the top right but but man the 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 stat i remember i think i shared with you guys stumbling across and obviously playing against carolina is far from the full picture but it i think it was indicative but it was it broke out somebody broke down roy williams he's done since he came to carolina against boston college and he was i want to say he was four and four against al skinner and he hasn't lost since
0: (laughs) oh i had forgot that you shared that that's a good stat i like that yeah
2: yeah kinchin what are you interesting but but what do you think
0: uh you know
1: I, i wouldn't say that i'm more familiar to jim christian situation you are charlie but you know, kind of just looking, I think the one thing that's kind of saving him is his recruiting. Mm-hmm. So, he's been killing it, you know, getting some guys from North Carolina that, you know, State and Carolina and Duke and other teams here in the state, he kind of glossed over. So, you know, with Jerome Robinson, Kai Bowman, and uh, the Hamilton brothers, and he's got four guys signed for next year. Mm-hmm. They're all about two, three-star guys, but he's still, you know, kind of using North Carolina, South Carolina, Virginia connections. So I I think that's pretty much what's kind of saving him a little bit. I I don't think it's going to be anything that's going to make them get a little bit higher than 10th place that they've kind of normally been staying at. So it's going to be kind of like a happy, mediocre middle for them. That's what I think, was keeping him there, and I don't know anything about his contract either. I don't know if this is ridiculous as Danny Manning's eighteen million dollar buyout, that this year, no, it's not. Allegedly, uh, I think allegedly it is. That's
0: that's the number that I keep hearing, and I think if it was any less than that, if it was twelve, that was the other number that I had been hearing. If it was twelve, they'd be getting out from underneath it. I think, because um, I think with Ron Wellman who's the AD for Wake Forest, retiring. And uh, you know, Jim Curry John John Curry, Jim Curry, um coming in. John. And John, yeah, taking over. I mean, his first priority is to get rid of Danny Manning. So I think Danny Manning has a one year reprieve. I think Curry <laughs> is on the phone right now as we're recording this podcast at eight thirty eight on a Monday evening, trying to raise funds to get rid of him in 12 months. I I think that he will be gone next year. I think Curry's number one priority over the next 12 months is to raise enough money to fire Danny Manning. Um, As far as Christian goes, I I agree with both of you, you know, especially Kinchin's point with his recruiting. Winston Tabbs came out of nowhere and has been a stud. Uh, The Hamilton brothers look pretty good. Chris Heron Jr. looks pretty good. Popovich should be back next year, so that's always a plus. Um, you know injuries. You know Stephen Mitchell. Uh, you know another one. Injuries are going to be the issue with these guys. They think they have the talent. Uh, Boston College has said they'll reallocate some some resources to the basketball team to try to help him out. What that says to me is he's going to rework his bench, is what I would expect, and try to get some beller, better developmental guys in there. Whereas before they were, you know, doing very well recruitment wise, they weren't quite developing. You know guys at a high level uh, High enough level for the ACC Now you may look at the team and say Nick Popovich has developed well Winston Tabbs has developed well Chris Heron Jr. has developed well But uh, You know sometimes a change Is just the right thing Um, I agree with with, uh, Christian staying at Boston College simply because I don't think they could hire anybody better. I don't think anybody wants that job. And, I mean, Manning is something we all know needs to be resolved, but they're going to let him go as soon as they're monetarily ready or it's monetarily feasible to let him go, I think. One last question before I let you guys go on a Monday night. Hmm. Are we going to see an all-ACC Final Four? Charlie, go. Mm. Kintan, we heard it from you first. That's true. That's true. <laughs> I,
1: I, I did kind of call it, and then I didn't put it on my bracket. I swapped out Michigan for Florida State, but <sighs> I feel like that that it, it just because I I didn't do it, it's now actually going to happen because you know that's how these things work. Oh yeah, you and, shaded um, away, so now yeah. it's
0: the curse is on. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. I got gotcha. you.
1: But I would
2: I would love it to be an all agency Final Four. Charlie. Yeah, no, I, I certainly don't think you could ask for much more fun, at least from our perspective, than, <laughs> than Duke-Florida State or, or Virginia Tech-Florida State for the fourth time.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: Ooh. And Carolina-Virginia, with the winners of those going head-to-head, I don't think there's a bad combination out of those five teams. That's right. They that wouldn't deliver one of the best Final
0: Four games you're going to see. I think, It's
1: definitely good for business.
0: Yeah, it is. I, I think we're going to see three of them. Uh, I think in the end we're going to see Duke-Virginia and Carolina- that's what is it the West yeah the West Gonzagas bracket um yeah you know Gonzaga is they they are who they are um uh, suffered a little bit through that Baylor game you know Florida State Texas Tech Michigan between those three I mean if those play if those three played around Robin I don't even that you know the results might come back even um that's gonna be interesting. I think any of those four teams, Could easily come out of that bracket. Whereas on the other side, you know, I think LSU and Virginia Tech, not so much compared to their opponents. Oregon is probably, you know, pretty weak. Purdue was heavily reliant on one in particular player. Auburn relies and dies on the three. Um, I I think they're pretty soft. Houston, I'm not real high on, given, you know, they had a great year, but just, you know, everybody else seems to be able to outclass them. So I don't expect it, but as you guys said, it would be great for business and it would definitely give us something to talk about next week. So, yep. Um, little fun <laughs> fact: little yep. fun fact that uh, the most
1: conf- uh, single conference in the Final Four is three in the Big East in 1985. It was Villanova, Georgetown, and St. John's. Mm-hmm. So, we would either tie it or exceed it. This year
0: I'm really glad you didn't okay. say any number bigger than four Because that would have been funny <laughs>
1: Dude, I'm not that bad
0: not <laughs> Well, you know, I, I said something pretty stupid on Twitter yesterday morning That not a lot of people caught I deleted it in time, I think But uh, I got some bad information and before I could fact check it I got my ass handed to me 16 different ways Oh, was so. that the
1: Shack and uh, Kareem? Yeah, Arnold so or whatever.
0: We, we might as well talk <laughs> about that real quick So, I, uh <clears throat> I had a, a house guest uh, for the tournament guy. Uh, one of my best friends flew down from me, and we just uh, chilled out, drank some beers, watched the tournament. And uh, he told me that he had heard that um, since the NBA-ABA merger in 1976, that either Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Michael Jordan, Shaquille O'Neal, or LeBron James have been in every NBA Finals over the course of that, which is, what, 24 43 years Um it, That Well 40 42 years Because we haven't got there yet But um it, It's going to end this year And I said wow That's really interesting So I just took it And I got thinking about it. I said that's fucking incredible And I tweeted it out To the guys At the Rocket 25 poll I said I haven't fact checked this But it's really fucking interesting If it's true And then I just put it out On my Twitter And said hey I haven't fact checked this And I get on Sports reference And I'm making my way Through the 70s And I got to about 1985 and some guy, actually a listener for this show, Sal, um, tweeted me back. said, no, 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 no. What about the Knicks and the Rockets in 94? And I'm like, oh, shit, okay. And then he tweeted Whoops. me again. He's like, what about uh, the Spurs and Spurs and the Knicks again in 99? I'm like, ah, oh, fuck. And then somebody else tweeted me about like 04. And I'm like, shit, <laughs> uh, the Lakers and somebody else. So I'm thinking to myself, sitting there thinking, I'm saying, well, fuck, Robert Orey is is the other guy. And as soon I tweeted that out, I said maybe maybe he missed Robert Ori's name, and then I fact checked that, and that was also incorrect. So I just deleted the whole fucking thing and got along with my day. <laughs> so not a great uh, not a great Sunday on Twitter for Cone, and I think I stayed off for most of the rest of the day. So you know, hey, we, we all fuck up. We're all idiots. It's not a big deal. Um, exactly, guys. I appreciate you joining me. Um, you know, enjoy the week. Enjoy the tournament games this weekend. And we'll catch up and uh, talk about the Final Four next week. Yep.
2: Yeah, sounds great. Always a great time.
0: All right, guys. I appreciate it. I'll see you out there. See
2: you. See you, guys.